You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning, everybody. Robert Carrillo here at Metro Vision Studios. It's great to be together with you guys this morning. It's been a couple of weeks. Um, boy, so much happening in our world, but that's the understatement of the year, right? Um, it's great to be together again. I want to welcome all of you across Metroland uh, for tuning in and being with us. It's great to have the family together. I want to welcome our San Francisco crew up there. It's good to have you with us this morning. And, uh, and I also want to welcome all our friends and family who are all over the place. We have uh, on our on this channel, we have over 1300 subscribers and, you know, we're about 400 in the metro region and we're and we've got, uh, you know, a few couple of dozen up in San Francisco. That means a lot of people from all over are watching. And it's great to have you with us. And I especially want to welcome family members and co-workers and neighbors and whoever else might be watching. Um, I'm going to continue on the series that we started a couple of weeks ago. We did it a little bit different. We're doing the Lord's Prayer. Tefilat Chadon. And the Prayer of the Lord. And, and it's the classic prayer that we all know so well. And, um, we continue. I actually, um, we're in part two right now. I originally had started in the third part of the prayer and then went back to the first. And now we're on part two and then we'll finish up with part, uh, three, no, part, uh, four and five. But, uh, it, it's kind of good to break it down because that way we don't just, we're not rote learning. We're not just going through the memory of something. It's the prayer that most of us learned as children. Uh, we learned how to say it. And the irony is most of us memorized it and said it in the exact way that Jesus said not to say it. Um, the fact that the introduction of the Lord's Prayer is about how we should pray. And really what Jesus was trying to teach the apostles and the disciples in general of, of having authentic faith, having being real, you know, and speaking from our heart and saying the things that are important. This prayer is just loaded with great things. And, and that's why I could break it down into five sections in five weeks just in this prayer. The last class we had was on, uh, on, uh, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, and then we did the class. Actually, after that, we did the class, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And now we're going to do your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what a great section here. And I can't wait to jump into the scriptures. We have a lot to share. Let's say a quick prayer, prepare our hearts and minds. Father God, as we, as we, uh, study your word, as we open our Bibles, we really do want to have open minds and open hearts, God. We want to be able to be transformed by your word. We want your word to be able to change us, God. We want to be different by the end of this sermon, Father, just from the things we've studied, the things that we've learned. Help us, God, to be kingdom people, to be the kind of people you call for that you call us to be, God. We, we're so grateful for your word. We're grateful for the Bible. Please help us to learn and get all that we can out of it this, this day and this study. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our, our scripture, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, what a great scripture. And we've probably said it a million times. Most of the time, we're not really paying that close attention to what does this mean. And this is the beauty of taking the time, line by line, to think about something and think about all the implications and applications and what that means for us, what that means for you in your life, what it means for me in my life. Why did Jesus teach us this? Why did he want us to pray this? 
So it's very important and a great study that we're going to do now. So let me do the very first part of that. It's three sentences, your key or three parts to the sentence. Part one, your kingdom come. Now the kingdom of God, that is a huge topic. That is a formidable topic. What is the kingdom of God? You know, we've all heard a lot about it. Most people have a hard time being able to define it. Um, it's, it's a little bit slippery in the sense, a little bit ethereal. It's, it's hard to just grab it. You can't just say it's right there or that's what it is. It is hugely important. It is a great part of Jesus' ministry. When he started his ministry, he preached, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is how Jesus started preaching. His sermons started out with repent for the kingdom of God is near. And, and, and such a big deal this was that this is how he started out preaching. Repent means to change. That's all right. A lot of times, you know, I grew up in, and, and where I went to church, nobody ever used the word repent. Nobody ever said repent. I went to a very traditional church. I don't think I even realized that it, that the priest even was preaching. I just thought it was a bunch of stuff. In fact, I think it was in Latin when I was a kid, but I didn't know the word repent until I studied the Bible much later. But what I did know is hearing movies where there'd always be some Southern preacher would say, repent, repent. And that's the word I always, I thought that's how you had to say it. Well, so when you're reading the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news because that's how you say the word, repent. Well, there's a whole lot to that word. And what it really means is just turning around, changing, or turning back to God. Because why? Because the kingdom of God is near. It was Jesus' ministry focus. It says, but he said in Luke 4, 43, it says, but he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because, get this, that is why I was sent. It's why Jesus came, was to talk to us about the kingdom of God. Wait, I thought Jesus was sent to save me. Yes, he wants to save you, but that's not why he came necessarily. He came to save and to present the kingdom of God, which is much bigger than save me. You know, we think that, oh, it's like we all fell off a boat. We're drowning in the ocean. Somebody has to rescue us. Yes, somebody has to rescue, but that's, that's just the first part. What Jesus came was to give us and bring to us the kingdom of God. And that's huge, much bigger than just being saved. The kingdom of God, a lot of confusion out there. It's not the church. Okay. Bible says, first Corinthians 1550, that neither, that flesh and bone cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It's not a, it's not a place. It's not a person. Okay. It's not heaven. It's not heaven. Well, we think, well, yeah, but did he say the kingdom of heaven sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. He did say the kingdom of heaven sometimes because it is the kingdom from heaven. It is not heaven itself. Okay. In fact, in Luke 9, 9, 27, he told some of the apostles, he told the disciples, some of you are going to be alive when the kingdom, when the kingdom arrives. Okay. Heaven hadn't arrived. Okay. It's not just heaven. It's not a physical place. He told the disciples, the kingdom of God is neither here nor there. It's within you or in the midst of you. It's in you. Okay. So it's something, it's not a place. You can't find it on a map. Okay. It's also not easy to enter. Jesus said that unless we become like children, we will never enter the kingdom of God. And he said how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Woe to us. We got to be careful 
because on a global scale, most of us listening to this message today are the rich of the world. We're in the top 5% of the world's wealth. And he said how hard it is for us to enter the kingdom of God. So it takes a very focused, intentional effort to enter the kingdom of God. It is a top priority. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. This is, this is what we're supposed to be seeking. Okay. We're supposed to be striving for the kingdom of God. That's the Christian life is seeking that out, seeking out the kingdom of God. It is where God rules. All right. The throne of God ushers in the kingdom of God. And that's not just heaven. That's where anywhere where God's will is being done, where his teachings are being lived out and put into practice. It is where truth and love are lived. Jesus went throughout the countryside, loving people and healing them, ushering in the kingdom of God, showing them the kingdom of God. It is where Jesus' teachings are practiced. You know, it's, it's his command. So we were to obey his commands. That's the kingdom of God. Matthew 7, 21, whoever does not obey his commands will not enter the kingdom of God. It will not be part of the kingdom of God. It's where the things he taught are lived out. It's where they're being practiced. This is super important. It's where the things that Jesus taught are lived out. That's the kingdom of God. So that starts in your heart and in your mind and in your soul. That, that, if you, if you teach your family and your whole family lives by the teachings of Jesus, then your family's in the kingdom of God. If the church is living out his commands, then the church is being the kingdom of God. If, if, if we are repenting and changing, we are entering the kingdom of God. We, we, we are getting close to it, right? That's what, so the way of the God's kingdom, it's the way of love. It's the way of mercy. It's the way of truth. It's the way of justice. It's the way of faith. It's the way of righteousness. It's the, it's the life of kindness, a life of compassion. It's the joy of our salvation, the joy of being right with God and right with each other and being, being, having great relationships. It is the peace that comes from faith in God and trusting Him, no matter what's happening around us. All of that, those are the elements of the kingdom of God. That's why being in the kingdom of God is so incredibly awesome. That's why it's so great. That's why it should be sought after like a fine pearl. That's why it should be gone after like something, like a treasure that's hidden in a field. Because this is what we all really want and need. We all really want to live in love and mercy and truth. We want justice. I mean, wow, how much the world has struggled this year as the veneer has been taken off and so much injustice has been exposed and how much turmoil and anxiety and hurt and, and, and emotion that is brought up. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of justice. It's a faith of righteousness. Things being done right, not unfairly. We don't have to say, that's not right. We don't have to yell that because not in the kingdom of God, things are done right. It's with kindness and compassion and joy and peace. The Bible says in Romans 14, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. People think that the kingdom of God is following certain rules and dietary rules. And, you know, we don't eat that. We don't eat meat on this day. We don't eat, you know, we follow the law of Leviticus. We don't eat shellfish. We don't eat this. That's not what it's about. And sometimes people, they think the kingdom of God is following a bunch of rules. 
Certainly there's rules and there's teachings that we need to follow, but that's not what it's about. It's of, it's, it's of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's awesome. It's not, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do. That's not what it's about. He says, for the kingdom of God, 1 Corinthians 4.20, is not a matter of talk, but of power. You know, somebody comes in and says, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I know God and, but their lives are a mess. They're not, they're, they're angry all the time. They're, 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 they're living in addictions. They're, they're hateful or what, any of those things. No, the, the kingdom of God is a place of power. It changes everything. Jesus came to set people free of what? Anger, hatred, slavery, addiction. All these things because it's powerful. It, 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 it repairs relationships. It restores families. It brings people back together. It's the power needed to overcome sin and to be set free of sin. And that's what shows the kingdom of God. That's just the fruit of the kingdom of God. What an incredible place. Part two, the second line. Your will be done. And this is, as Nacho Libre would say, the niti griti, right? This is where the rubber meets the road, is where we have to decide either I'm going to do his will or do my will. And Jesus wanted us to pray. He wants us to think about. He's forcing us to think about this. Am I going to do my will or am I going to do God's will? Who am I going to follow? Which way? Because my will, I go left. God's will, I go right or vice versa. But it's, it's, but my will is not the same as God's will. And sometimes we get that a little confused. Sometimes we even try to slap a label of God on my will. God is God. His ways are not our ways. His thinking is higher than our thinking. And we have to make a decision and then live that decision every day. So he said, your, your kingdom come, your will be done. It's a prayer. It's what we're asking for. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Okay, so so just because we say Jesus is Lord, just because we go to church, doesn't mean we are members of the kingdom. Being part of the kingdom is a life. It's how we live. The word is, the word, the technical word is orthopraxy. It's how you live out your beliefs, that you practice your beliefs that you do what you say you believe in. Okay, our orthopraxy has to match our orthodoxy, which is what we believe, our doctrine. And that's how we live it out. We Our orthopraxy should, should reflect, and it does. It shows what our real religion is. If our religion is we act all good at church, and then the rest of the week we're jerks and we're not nice and we're not very giving and, and we give into our sin all the time, we're hypocrites. We're not in the kingdom of God. We're in the kingdom of religiosity. So this is, this is a call to do God's will all the time, 24 seven, to turn ourselves in and to surrender to God and say, okay, God, your will be done. Not my will, your will. I know it's not easy. That's, that's why I say it's the nitty gritty. It's where the rubber meets the road is getting up every day and deciding I'm going to do God's will, not my will. It's, it's being open to seeing when we make mistakes. When we blow it, when we're doing wrong, when we're thinking wrong, when our hearts are wrong, when, when our mindset's wrong and surrendering that over and obeying God and doing his will, not just when it's easy, 
What God wants is authentic faith. He doesn't want games. He doesn't want lies. He doesn't want us to pretend. He, he hates hypocrisy. You know, even, even in our weakness, when we fall and mess up, just get up and say, I fell and messed up. I blew it. Apologizing when we hurt somebody. That's in the kingdom. The kingdom, you could be in the kingdom and we're still going to have our imperfections. We are slowly being perfected. It's going to take a whole lifetime and we're still not going to get there. But the fact that we're walking on the road to maturity, to Christ's likeness, to being like Jesus, that's putting that, that we're, we're every day we're trying to do God's will. That's the real thing. That's authentic faith. And yes, that's hard sometimes. Man, it takes prayer. It takes listening to input. It takes being challenged and taking a challenge. It takes humbling ourselves every day and admitting God is God and I am not God. But I will do his will. No matter how hard it is, I will do his will. Even when it's hard. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, he went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, May he knew how hard the crucifixion was going to be. He knew how brutal the next 24 hours would be. He said, look, if this can't be done another way, he said, I, may your will be done. And that's got to be our prayer. May your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus prayed it. He didn't just teach us to pray it. He prayed it and he lived it out. And he calls us to be the same to pray it and to live it out. And then the last part of that, on earth as it is in heaven. Here's where it's really cool. It's not just about when we die and go to heaven. It's about being in the kingdom here and now, today, right away, not someday in the future. It's about enjoying the kingdom now. On earth as it is in heaven, kingdom life is here and now. It's not off in the future someday. It's how we live today. It's how we lived yesterday. It's how we're going to live tomorrow. It's who we're going to be and what will is going to get carried out in our life and and what will we're going to put into practice on earth as it is in heaven. And kingdom life, I mean, that's, that's a Christian life. Kingdom life is radically different than everyone else. Other people, when they get insulted, they get angry, they get resentful, they get bitter, they hold it against each other. Not so a person in the kingdom. A person of the kingdom forgives. A person of the kingdom loves. A person of the kingdom, when you strike their right cheek, they offer the left cheek. They do not fight an evil person. No, they pray for the evil person. They pray for their enemies even. They care about each other, no matter how different they are. It's a life of love, not hate of grace, not punishment, of mercy, not judgment, of service, not slavery, of justice, not oppression, of faith, not fear. What a great life that is. Life in the kingdom. This is, this is what Jesus was preaching. Even after he died and rose from the dead, he came back another time, another 50 days, just to teach them about the kingdom because he wanted them to get this down because this is God's will that this describes our life, a life of love, not hate, of grace, not punishment, of mercy, not judgment, of service, not slavery, of justice, not oppression, of faith, not fear, faith, not fear. And you know what all that brings? 
It brings shalom. It brings peace. It, it brings life to the full. It allows us to have great relationships. It allows us to have great friendships. But we've got to be committed, committed to it, to committed to bringing it here on earth. And how do we do that? Well, our lives. That we change whatever we got to change. We repent when we need to change. We, 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 we strive to, to practice love and grace and mercy. It is the life that we're to live, not someday in heaven. Now, I used to think, and this is, this is an area where I've really grown a lot recently, is I thought that everything will be made right when we get to heaven. No, God wants us everything made right now. You say, well, yeah, but the world is, the, the, the ruler of this world is Satan and the world is cursed and corrupt and lost. Yes, but I can be in the middle of the corrupt, the lost, and, and, and surrounded by hatred, surrounded by greed and bitterness and all those things, and yet be in shalom, yet be in love and grace and mercy and service and justice and faith myself and those I love and those I influence. And the church is supposed to be where all this thrives. And yeah, it's not perfect because every single person that gets baptized into the church brings problems with them, brings the world with them, all of us. And what are we doing? Our Christian life is taking off the world. It's getting rid of all the gook, the slime, the corruption, the pollution from the world and becoming more and more a kingdom person. Yes, you enter that kingdom by repenting and being baptized, but you spend our whole lives solidifying our relationship in the kingdom, our citizenship in the kingdom that we become more and more like Jesus. And the only place that can happen is in the kingdom, living in the kingdom of God. So he says, on earth as it is in heaven, that we bring the kingdom here. That's what people should see when they come to church. That should be what people should see when they meet us, when they get to know us. They get to see the kingdom of God. Where the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are all the fruits of the kingdom. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. I love what he says in Colossians 1.11. We continually ask God to fill you with a knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. How awesome is that? You are in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the son that he loves.
So, our God in heaven, holy is your name. And then we ask, give us your kingdom. Give us your kingdom. Help us to be the kingdom of God. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our prayer. That's what Jesus wants us to think about. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't that awesome? That's you and me. That's the church. That's not a Sunday morning thing. It's not a Wednesday night thing. It's a life thing. Life and life to the fullest. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is how Jesus wanted us to pray and how he wanted us to live. God bless you all. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.